This is Women in Revival podcast. Today, Deborah starts a new series called Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. Our topic for today is Discovering the State of Your Marriage Wine. Today, Deborah will be talking to us about discovering the state of your marriage wine. Keeping in mind that the topic of this whole series is keeping the wine fresh in your marriage. You must be observant in your marriage. You must check and continue to check to make sure that the wine in your marriage remains fresh. Sister, as Deborah talks to you today, I pray that you will take up on her word and go and look at your marriage and see whether your marriage is fresh or not. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you once again for joining me on Women in Revival podcast. As we start this new series, it is my prayer that you will find it a blessing. If you have any need to contact us, to go back to our website www.okofrighteousness.co.uk where you will find every necessary information needed to contact us. And also, you can chat us on plus four four seven nine four four. 398415 give us a call a text whatsoever means you find easier to contact us do contact us on the women in revival on the women in revival podcast this time i want us to consider keeping the wine fresh in your marriage keeping the wine fresh in your marriage i know there is a lot going on with many christian marriages nowadays and um, my desire in this series is just for us to share few thoughts together to reflect even as married women on the need for us to keep the wine fresh in our marriage i know there are times when it looks as if the wine has gone sour or we've run out of wine how do we undo such situation such season in our marital relationship um, I hope this series will be as practical as possible. And for us to do this particular series, we'll be settling in the book of John, chapter 2, and verse 1 to 11. So what I'm going to do first, I'm going to read through John 2, 1 to 11. Then we will then pick the first two verses or so today to discuss. So John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11 from the King James Version says, and the third day there was a marriage in cana of galilee and the mother of jesus was there and both jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage and when they wanted wine the mother of jesus said unto him they have no wine jesus said unto them woman what have i to do with thee mine hour is not yet come his mother said unto the servants whatsoever he said unto do do it and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three fakings apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast has first tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servant withdrew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom 
as saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifest forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So throughout the series, we'll be walking through these 11 verses as we have this brief chat on keeping the wine fresh in our individual marriage. So today I want us to look at discovering the state of your marriage wine. Where is the state of things in your marriage? Is there still love and affection for each other in your marriage? So we are going to go back to that John chapter 2 that we read. I think we should read verse 1 to 3 to see how do we discover the state of the wine in our marriage. So John 2, 1 to 3 says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. You know, we read it earlier. And Jesus was also there. So then they ran out of wine. They wanted wine. And then the mother of Jesus went to Jesus and told Jesus that, Look, these people have actually run out of wine. So how do we as married women now, in our own individual marriages, discover the state of our marriage wine? First, I will say, be observant. If you look at the scripture that I just read, we notice that at that marriage, we were told that Jesus' mother, Mary, was there and Jesus was there. So while everybody was drinking and whining, Mary was observant. She was quick to notice that mm, something is not quite right. So as a wife in your marriage, you need to be observant. Sometimes we don't understand our husband's mood. Sometimes we can be so self-centered, so self-oriented that we don't put the need of our husbands even into perspective. So for Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was very observant. She wasn't carried away with the paraphernalia of the wedding feast, with the party, with the food, the meal. She was very observant. She looked around. I don't know how Mary gets to know. Maybe she was quite close to the um, couples. It must have been that she was quite close to the couple for the Lord Jesus to be there and with his disciples. So maybe it was the wedding of a family member. But one thing that I want us to see is the fact that Mary was observant. And as a wife in your marriage, you need to be observant. Watch out for your husband's mood. Watch out for activities in your home. Don't be too busy not to notice your husband. Don't be too busy not to notice his mood. Sometimes, you know, men, when their work is not going on well, it affects many other aspects of their lives. And there is a need for a godly wife to be sensitive to these needs in her husband's life. So we see that Mary, while at the wedding in Cana in Galilee, she was sensitive. She knew the wine at that wedding had run out. The wine supply ran out during the festivity. And maybe you also, your marriage is at that stage where there is no love, there is no expression of love 
between you and your husband anymore. Maybe you are just patching things together. Maybe you are just acting as though things are going on well when things are not going on well. Maybe for you, you've actually separated rooms. Or maybe you still sleep in the same room, but the honest truth is that you sleep back to back. Maybe, actually, you don't sleep back to back, but the honest truth is that true affection, true love has dissipated in your marriage. How observant are you with the things happening in your marriage? Sometimes, husbands are into pornography even without the wife knowing. We are not observant. Sometimes we can be very busy, sometimes even busy with the work of the Lord. And meanwhile, our number one ministry is actually our marriage, isn't it? Our matrimony. That's our number one ministry as married women. So we need to be observant as to the things that are going on in our homes. Don't just focus on your children because this is another reason why women, married women, may not be observant of what is going on in their marriage or what is going on with their husbands. Sometimes maybe you are a nursing mother, maybe just put to bed and you are so carried away with that and what have you, or both of you are just caring for the baby, neglecting each other's need. You need to observe that. Take a break. Look at the situation of things in your marriage. In order to discover the state of your marriage wine, there is a need for you to be observant. Take your husband's need into consideration. Take your husband's day-to-day activities into consideration. Don't always be concerned about me, 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 my need, my this, my that. Take a moment also and think, what will he need? How can I be a better wife to him? How can I serve him better? What is happening in his workplace? Oh, for example, with the global pandemic that is going on, a few husbands have lost their job, isn't it? So a sensitive wife should be observant at such season to be a source of comfort even to her husband. So just as we see Mary, the mother of Jesus, was very observant even though there was a festivity going on there was a party going on there was a celebration a rejoicing going on but mary was very observant to notice that their wine in that wedding was running out she was very observant that they had no wine again maybe she needed to get wine and she noticed that there is nothing there again And I'm praying that your marriage will not get to a rock bottom situation before you are able to know that "Mm, something is not quite right. I'm praying that you'll be sensitive. Now, I am not talking about being suspicious of your husband, that you are suspicious of him, suspicious of his interaction on the phone, suspicious of his email, suspicious of this, suspicious of that. But I am speaking of the need to observe actually this observation must start through the eyes of the holy spirit so there is the need to constantly take your husband to the throne of grace where you are praying for him lord are there things i ought to be doing in this life that i don't know are there things i need to know about this man you've given me that i don't know help me in the act of being observant 
God could actually open your eyes to see even issues that might disrupt your marital relationship in the nearest future and you are able to arise to stop it quickly, both practically and even spiritually. So as a wife, there is the need for you to be observant. Don't be carried away with your career. Don't be carried away with um, your business, um, with serving in church. Maybe you lead Bible study. You do all sorts of things. You have many groups that you are managing. Don't let that take the place of your marriage. And I'm praying that the Lord will give you wisdom. Proverbs 27 verse 23 says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy hearts. Be diligent. And that word diligent means to be steady in application to business, to be constant in effort or exertion to accomplish what is undertaken. It is to be attentive, to be industrious. So how we go with to be attentive? So be diligent, be attentive, pay attention to your husband's lifestyle. Pay attention to his need. Be attentive to know the state of your flock. And part of your flock is your husband. Everyone that live in your home as a wife, they are your flock. So be diligent. Be attentive to know their state, their emotional state, their financial state, the financial state of your husband, the emotional state of your husband, the health need of your husband. And I'm praying that as you do that, as you watch closely with close interest, I'm praying that you will be able to discover even the state of things in your marriage and you will be able to act appropriately. And when you act appropriately, I'm praying that the Lord himself will help you to rescue your marriage and rescue your home. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Yesterday, we started a new series called Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. Our topic for today is Tell It to Jesus. Today, Deborah will be talking to us, continuing on from what we learned in number one, discovering the state of your marriage wine. Today, Deborah wants to talk to us about what to do when you discover the state of your marriage wine. Sister, maybe you've discovered that your marriage wine is sour. Maybe you've discovered it isn't fresh anymore, it's stale. Maybe you've discovered it's been kept in the heat so much that it has a weird aftertaste. Sister, don't go and complain to your husband about the problems that you see in your marriage. Don't go and complain to your friends about the problems you see in your marriage. Don't go and complain to your family about the problems you see in your marriage. Because to be honest with you, they can't do anything about it except to help you expand the problem and involve more people and cause even more trouble. But there is one person who can help you, and his name is Jesus Christ. Sister, 
take it to the Lord in prayer. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Welcome back again to this series of Women in Revival podcast. I'm praying that you will find it useful. We are still on the series Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. If you missed yesterday's episode, please do go back to our website www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk and there you will find yesterday's episode and other series. If you go on our homepage, you scroll down, you will find at the bottom um, our recent podcast or at the top where you find the menu, you will find Women in Revival podcast. So if you click podcast by series, it should take you to the various podcasts. Then you can choose this particular series or other series that you may want to go through. You can invite friends to go through this together. And as you do so, I'm praying that the Lord himself will speak to your heart. So on this series, Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage, we started yesterday by looking at discovering the state of your marriage wine. And I said, for you to discover the state of your marriage wine, there is a need to be constantly observant. Observant actually through the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying being suspicious of your husband because women, we are very good with this. To be suspicious about many things, about many people. No, we don't want to be like that. But we want to be observant. We want to be discerning. I think that is the word I'm looking for. We want to be discerning to know what to do and what not to do. How to keep the love of God intact, even in our marital relationship. So today, I want us to look at tell it to Jesus. So having discovered the state of your marriage wine, what must you do now? You need to tell it to Jesus. Whether it is positive, whether it's negative, whether when you observe what you saw, actually was negative or positive so the next thing to do is to tell it to jesus i know the enemy is fighting tooth and nail against christian homes and marriage like i said to people is god's baby if you tamper with marriage you are tampering with god and for those of us who are christians our marriage is something deeper than we think our marriage surpasses us to be honest Our marriage is a divine privilege to share in the mystery of God. Our marriage is a divine privilege to put God in display to our watching world. That is the privilege, that is the purpose of marriage, where God is glorified through our husband and wife relationship. So as the reason why we need to be observant, to be discerning, to constantly screen our marriage, to make sure our marriage is still God-honoring. And I'm praying that as we do that, the Lord will help us. So yesterday we saw Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was at the wedding in Cana in Galilee, and she was observant. She wasn't carried away with the party and the feeding and what have you, but she was quite observant to the point that she knew when the wine ran out. As busy as that wedding was, she was able to pinpoint that "Mm, their wine is running out. 
and so also must the lord help you and i to be observant even in our homes so that the enemy will not get us unaware and sometimes busyness when we are very busy busy with the children busy with church activities busy with friends busy with this maybe busy with career going back to uni doing this doing that and while doing this if we are not observant keeping ourselves under check through the eyes of the holy spirit will open a slight door and the serpent comes in and he bites I'm praying that the Lord will give us wisdom to be vigilant. So tell it to Jesus. So let us go again and read that book of John, chapter 2. But today we will read from verse 3 to 5. And it says, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servant, Whatsoever I say it unto you, do it. So what is the wisdom that the Lord wants to lend us from these three verses? As we consider the fact that whatsoever your observation is, tell it to Jesus. You know, oftentimes as well, sometimes when things happen in our marriage, when maybe we notice something about our husband, or things are not going well, or things are going well, maybe there is promotion, things are, you know what we do? We tell our friends, we tell our loved ones, our mothers, our parents, we tell them, oh, this, da, 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 da. Oftentimes, we don't remember to first tell the Lord that, Lord, thank you. My, my husband has got a promotion at work. Things are going well in his workplace, this and that. You know, we don't tell the Lord. We just assume he knows. And indeed, he knows. But how lovely will it be if you take it to him as though he did not know? So we see here in the wedding at Canaan Galilee that when Mary noticed that the wine was running out, Mary did not get another person and say, look, do you notice that the wine is running out? She did not find another woman and say, Sheila, do you notice that they are running out of wine? No, she did not make it a matter of mockery, of gossiping, of backbiting. No. She did not call another person and say, come and see what I'm noticing. The wine in this wedding has gone out. No. What Jesus did, what Mary did, was to take her observation to the Lord himself. And that is what we ought to do. Now, I'm not saying we should not speak to somebody. Obviously, we must talk to someone confidentially, somebody godly. But the first person we ought to talk to, whatsoever your observation is. Maybe, for example, you observed that your husband's money is actually much more than what he usually tells you. Maybe salary or whatsoever. Maybe it's not transparent. And then you get to know. As hurting as that might be, the next person to communicate that with is not your mom, is not your friends. It's not your children. It is first the Lord. You need to pour that heart, that discovery, that pain to the Lord. So when Mary noticed that, she took her finding to the Lord. So maybe you discover that, oh, your husband is having an affair. The first person to tell actually is not your husband. 
is not to confront him and which is what we do as wives you discover something sometimes you just pick up the phone and you just call him and you know tell him off attitudes like that make matter worse so whatsoever your observation is the first person to confront is not your husband the first person to confront is not your husband and it's not third parties no the first thing to do is to go on your knees take what you have discovered to the lord first in prayer and i found this very helpful even in my journey as a mother you know i find it helpful in my journey as i relate with disciples when i relate with sisters if they've done anything that i'm not quite happy with i found out that you know going back to the lord taking the matter to the lord has been very helpful because by the time i actually get to the lord he brings out my own misconduct in the midst of the misconduct that i have noticed in another person so god begins to be you didn't you yourself you are not acting well you leave that alone let's deal with you and as the lord deal with me in mercy and i found huge mercy so by the time i am now you know approaching whoever is involved i approach them in mercy with penitence not with hurt or pain in me anymore i found this to be very very helpful so whatsoever your discovery is as burning as fiery as it might be take it to the lord in prayer you know i love that hymn writer that says what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer you know another stanza says oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to god in prayer another one says have we trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the lord in prayer and i'm praying that that is the type of wife you will be that whatsoever you have observed in your husband's attitude in your husband's manner of talk in your husband's communication in your husband's daily affairs as bad or good as it may be take it to the lord in prayer the lord is his head so commit him to the one who is the shepherd of his soul whether your husband is a christian or not by creation god owns him and if yours is a christian then by redemption god owns him so first and foremost take your observation about him about the state of the one in your marriage to the lord in prayer make your heart known to the lord if you feel pain if you feel disappointed by your husband let the lord know it is safer actually to let the lord know before letting outsiders know because the best of man will only counsel you according to their own life experiences but the lord is the lord of all marriages isn't it is the lord of the whole universe he knows what to do so as you first go to him he may now direct your heart and say when your husband come back now this is what you will do the lord may actually say don't deal with it for now leave it with me and you know sometimes the matter that you are seeking to handle with your husband 
If you learn to live it indeed at the foot of the cross, God raised the issue very seriously in your husband's heart and sometimes he comes back apologizing, seeking help and reconciliation. Unlike when you take matters into your hands. And sometimes it might mean that as you pray, the Lord might say to you, get somebody else involved, speak to ABC and I will use them to resolve this. And they will do this, they will do that. And you will just act upon what the Lord said to you. So the point that I'm dealing with today is, whatsoever your discovery is about the state of your marriage wine, take it to Jesus. Maybe communication between you and your husband is no longer what it ought to be. Maybe the love between the two of you is dwindling. Maybe his love for the Lord has gone down. Maybe he has forsaken his first love. The first person to bring this report to is the Lord himself. And I'm praying that you will be diligent to take any report even to the Lord. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. That is all I want. I will leave the other part. This is the God of the universe. It says, come, let us reason together. You see, the easy to read version says, come, let's discuss this. Is that not amazing? That the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who founded marriage, the one who established marriage, the one who is the creator of marriage says, come, let's discuss your marriage together. I know I'm taking this verse out of context, but I believe it is very apt with what we are looking at. Come, let's talk this over, the Living Bible says. No matter how deep the situation is, God says, come, let us discuss it. Let us converse. Let us talk over it. I love it when me and the Lord, when we are talking issues, when we are both looking, oh, it's such a lovely thing. When the Lord will say, what do you think about this? I, you know, I don't know what your relationship with the Lord is. So if you don't have a solid relationship, you need to build one. So that whatsoever you discover as to the state of the wine in your marriage, you are rest assured that you have a father who knows it all, who can handle it, whom you can go to boldly to find grace even in your time of trouble. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we started a new series called Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. Our topic for today is the traditional pots. Today, Deborah will be talking to us about the traditional pots and not talking about real pots, but about those traditions that you may have done in your marriage in the first couple of years or when you were engaged and those traditions that over time you've basically thrown away, over time have gone away, over time as you just get used to the life of living with your husband and it almost becomes monotonous. You throw away those basic traditions. Maybe you guys used to have a Bible study together, your own personal Bible study, maybe not with your children if you do have, 
any children. You used to have that time together, but now, over time, things have gotten busy. Over time, you've just got bored of it, and you've thrown that away. Maybe you used to go out on dates regularly, and maybe you've now just thrown that away. Sister, bring back those traditional pots. When Jesus asked the people in Cana to bring him pots, he didn't ask for just any pots. He asked for the traditional pots, the pots that were there at the beginning, the pots that were the foundation of the marriage. Sister, bring back those traditional pots. Deborah Shinobi will now take his further on this subject. Welcome back again to this series of Women in Revival podcast, keeping the wine fresh in your marriage. I'm praying that the Lord will indeed freshen up the wine in your marriage. Maybe your wine has gone sour in your marriage. There is no more love. You are just enduring each other, no longer enjoying even your marital relationship. I'm praying that the Lord will revive even your marriage yesterday we saw that whatsoever your observation your discovery is in your marriage you should tell it to jesus don't keep anything away from the lord jesus don't first go and confront your husband with what you have noticed what you have known what you have confirmed first tell it to the lord the reason being that it helps to quieten your own heart also. It helps to give you the right perspective and the right conduct. It helps you to have the right attitude in addressing whatever you've seen. So whether your discovery is positive or negative, it is always wise to tell it to the Lord. The first point of contact is not your mom, it's not your dad, it's not your friends, it's not your family counselor actually. It is first the Lord. And I'm praying that you will do that. So if you missed yesterday's episode, please do go back to our website, www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk. And there you will also find where you need to contact us. So today, I want us to look at the traditional parts. Remember, we saw Mary in John chapter 2, who was at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And she noticed that the wine has gone. Even at that wedding, she was very observant and she took that need, that observation to the Lord Jesus, who was already in the picture, who was already part of the wedding feast. So if the Lord is part of your life, then actually turbulence and stormy seas are opportunity for the Lord to prove himself strong on our behalf. If the Lord is not already part of your life, that is where you will find it quite difficult. So now let's go to John chapter 2 and we are reading verse 6 and verse 7. John 2, 6 and 7. We are looking at the traditional parts. So John chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece, Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up 
to the brim. Maybe I should also read from another translation, the easy-to-read version. It says there were six large stone water pots there that were used by the Jews in their washing ceremonies. Each one held about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the top. So what are we seeing here? The Bible says at that wedding that Mary noticed that their wine had run out. Mary took the matter to the Lord Jesus. And even when taking the matter to the Lord Jesus meant Jesus saying, leave me alone. My time has not yet come. Mary did not give up. So that means that even when you approach the Lord, when you talk to the Lord and it looks as if you've prayed, 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 nothing is happening. Don't give up. So the time came when the Lord stepped in. And when the Lord will step in, what happened? It was what had been there. What they've used ceremonially, traditionally, that Jesus pointed to, to bring a new wine, even into this wedding in Cana of Galilee. So the same thing with you, as we deal with, you know, keeping the wine fresh in your marriage. I think oftentimes as wives, sometimes before you get married, you know, you look your best. You dress well, you speak well to your husband, you are very respectful. All the basic that you should do, you do. And the moment you become his missus, all those things change. So as a wife, you don't look decent, you look haggard. While I'm not saying your beauty or your whatsoever, your being presentable is what we keep love in your marriage. Because there have been marriages where the wife is ever presentable, so to say, yet the men are still messing about. But the point that I'm saying, even for the Lord, you must look presentable for the Lord, isn't it? So a situation whereby the things you and your husband used to do together, you put them aside. And sometimes it could be because you are having children and you've become busy. Sometimes even that little time away together as husband and wife, it could be a rejuvenating for your marriage. That two hours away from home, you know, going out together, it could be a rejuvenating for your marriage. That sitting down together to look at the scripture, one of the things that have helped me in my marriage, my relationship with my husband, right from the beginning, my husband was very meticulous, so right from the beginning, he introduced the need for us to pray together and to go through the scriptures together. And I remember those days, he would regularly take us away from home. Just for my dear, we need to go away on a retreat. So we usually travel a lot to do, take a break from ministry and just go and rest. So these little, little things, you know, sometimes we overlook them. Yeah, they have the ability to help refocus us again, particularly if you have a busy life. If your husband is busy, some of you have your husband um, working in another state, in another country, in another town. And you know, in such a time, it is wise that you put something in place, you know, a kind of tradition that every so, so, so day of the month, my husband and I do this. For me and my husband, every Monday, every Tuesdays, and I think every Wednesdays is our day of prayer. We meet together to pray, apart from praying together as a family or our own bedtime praying and reading Bible together as a couple. 
we deliberately take it may not be long minutes it may not be long hour we sit together and on mondays there is a bible study we just do together for more than eight years we did one called um building a fulfilling marital relationship we are not just we are not only studying the word of god but we are building friendship we are knitting our hearts together and the children see us they know it's mommy and daddy's study time so on tuesday we come and pray wednesday we pray we pray for maybe the ministry in our hands for our children whatsoever cause we are not only praying but actually we are rejuvenating our relationship together so there are things like that you know tradition maybe every last saturday you and your husband take time off from home maybe your mom come and stay depending on how old your children are because i remember when my children were quite young wherever we go they must go with us that was the agreement we made we don't leave them anywhere they go when we are going away on retreat we take them with us and the lord really helped us so the point that i'm dealing with is when jesus will sort out the problem at that wedding in cana in galilee it was these six traditional pots these six ceremonial pots that jesus asked the servants to fill so also what are the tradition in your own marriage that you have thrown away maybe you and your husband you used to text each other just chatting oh how are you sweetheart maybe he's at work i remember when my husband was at work in those days i would text him we text each other a lot we communicate a lot things that are happening at work she will tell he will tell me what is happening with my daughter at home i will tell you know so we were i don't know we were quite close to be honest and that was the solid foundation the lord gave me in my own marriage so what are the traditions being christian does not mean you and your husband should not have some traditions you know together maybe it's our tradition to read this book together as couple not just for the sake of reading you know we are knitting our heart together we are spending time with each other some of you you are career women you've gone to work from morning maybe you leave home seven you are back at home six so you and your husband only have few moments to interact together then weekend you may say saturday is me and my husband's time together so look at your tradition as couple what are the traditions that you have omitted what are the things you both used to do together that you don't do again maybe you both sit together to discuss you know your weaknesses and strength what the lord is doing what the lord is saying and you just put that aside because life is busy now you may need to revisit those to bring back whatsoever tradition that you've put behind you know as i'm talking this scripture in proverbs 14 verse 1 says um, the wise woman builds her house the foolish woman tears it down so go back build up your relationship with your husband it might take time some of you your husband likes maybe you referring to him with a particular pet name or whatsoever and you find it difficult why not refer to him with that pet name any tradition as long as it is not sinful why not revisit it again even it might be just playing game together 
maybe playing dominoes the other day myself and my husband and even my children we all sat we're playing dominoes we played it i think a few times or so and we enjoyed our time together we did that if not over two hours because it took us quite a lot of time so what i'm saying is don't be too rigid because sometimes as christians we can be so religious and lack life but christianity without life actually is religion being Christian does not mean we cannot have good time together as couples. No, we are to enjoy each other just as we are to enjoy the Lord forever. You are to enjoy your marital relationship with your husband forever while here on earth. So look at the tradition, whatsoever it might be. And I'm praying that as you do so, the Lord will freshen up even the wine in your marriage again and also even while i say this maybe there may be matters of sin that you may discover take it to the lord in prayer and god is able to step into the situation in your marriage introduce the tradition that brought you both together the traditions that you practice during your courtship days you know, it's so easy to throw away basic traditions that brought you and your husband together, isn't it? Whatsoever those things are, maybe you need to revisit them again. You need to rejuvenate those little, little activities again. Spend time together. Pray together. Go out together. You know, whatsoever will help both of you get involved maybe your husband likes sport like my husband he loves sports so so much to the point that he he actually i usually say he discipled my first girl into sport his um his club is the club my daughter supports and when they are what i don't i'm not interested in sports generally to be honest with you but he and my daughter wow that's one way that they connect so if there is an activity that your husband likes, then get involved. Honestly, get involved. I know what to do to get my husband's attention. I know what to do to distract him. I know what to do to get him. I only need to get a scripture. That is the climax, honestly. Just get a scripture. No matter how far my husband have gone, I only need to read a verse out honestly he will awaken to whatsoever i want to tell him i'm telling you so you know your husband so look for those traditions whatsoever your tradition might be as long as it is not sinful engage even your husband again and as you do so i'm praying that the god of marriage will revive your marriage and sustain your marriage till we see him even in glory. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we started a new series called Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. Our topic for today is The Servant Wife. Today, Deborah will be talking to us about a wife who is a servant to her husband, a wife who sees problems in him and takes them to the Lord, 
a wife who, when the Lord has told her what to do, doesn't go and complain to other people when she's still seeing problems in her husband. The wife who listens to what the Lord says and carries out action, even when she's not seeing results. The wife who doesn't put down her husband. The wife who lifts him up. Sister, be a servant wife. I pray that God will help you to fill your husband's life, to help you to be a help meet unto him. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Welcome back again to Women in Reviver. And um, we are still continuing the series, Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. If you've missed the three episodes so far, please do go back to our website www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk and there also you will find what you need to contact us. Our Women in Revival podcast page of this series and also on our own page, you should be able to access even this particular series. So yesterday on Women in Revival, we saw the Lord saying, revisit even those tradition every couple have their various tradition and i don't know what your own tradition is with your husband i told you my tradition with my husband what my tradition might be with my husband may not be what yours will be so those little little things that kept you together that things you do together don't now throw them away at this junction Sometimes when we are nursing children, you know, women, we love our children so much and we can do so even to the point of neglecting the need of our husbands. It ought not to be so. So these little, little things have the capacity to make the marriage love to go sad and we don't want that. So I'm praying that the Lord will speak even as we look at today's episode so today let us look at the servant wife we are still looking at that story in john chapter 2 the story of jesus at the wedding in cana of galilee so let's go now to john chapter 2 and we'll read verse 5 and verse 7 and it says from the king james version his mother saith unto the servants whatsoever is saith unto you do it jesus saith unto them Fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. So here we are still meeting Jesus, and even Mary, who observed the state of the wine at that wedding, and who brought the state to the Lord Jesus. So now, having brought the state to the Lord Jesus, Jesus having seen the traditional pots, and now we are seeing Jesus saying to those servants that mary said to in verse 5 that whatsoever jesus says to you do it we are now seeing this servant that jesus said to them fill the water pot and they did exactly so what i want to say to you on today's episode is the need to be a wife that is a servant i know we all want to be the boss we all want to be the controller but actually the way up is first the way down so to keep the wine fresh in your marriage, be ready to serve your husband. Be ready to fill the jar. Be ready to serve him emotionally. Be ready to serve him sexually. 
be ready to serve him socially in every way. If your husband is having a function with his friends and he asks you that, please join me, maybe for example, you have a husband who is not a believer. We need to talk about this. And you know, and he says, oh, one of my friends is doing this, 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 maybe in a pub or they are having this in, in a restaurant or his friend is doing this and then they are all going with their wives and you are asked to come when he asks you to come with him and then you say to him, i'm not going because your friends are ungodly you know and the places they are going to they are ungodly in doing that you are opening the door for the devil to take over your husband i see nothing wrong in going with him but you just need to maintain your boundary there are discussions they will discuss that you will not get into there are things they will drink and eat that you will make up your mind i will not taste and there are things that will also happen there that we need you to step in with godly counsel could god even use that as an avenue to reach your husband and to reach his friends so be a serving wife fill the jar be an example of a believer jesus went to the house of simon the leper isn't it Jesus went to the house of Pharisees. Jesus went to the house of tax collectors. So, don't deprive him your company. When he needs your company, company with him. As long as you are not company with him into sin. It is not wrong to go with your husband to a restaurant with his friends. Honestly, if you know who you are, could God use that opportunity for them to see the virtue of God in you? So I'm praying that you will use wisdom and balance your Christianity even in wisdom according to the word of God. Learn from the life of Jesus. Jesus found himself in places that are not necessarily holy. Yet Christ, who is the embodiment of holiness, went and he exemplified the holiness of God. And the same thing also, that same Jesus now, is inside of you. So don't leave him to himself. When there are family functions with his friends, go with him. Dress well, look nice, look decent, look presentable. Don't look haggard. I'm praying the Lord will elaborate this on your heart. Keep the wine in your marriage fresh. So Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots and they filled all these water pots to the brim. You see, when Jesus said to them, fill the water pot, they did. You know, it's as if going extra mile, going beyond what is expected. Should your husband say to you, honey, please, can you get so, so, so things ready for me? Maybe he didn't tell you before. All of a sudden, he just called you and said, look, this friend and this friend, they are coming home with me. Please, can you make this ready for me? And maybe again, your husband is not a believer. And he's bringing his unbelieving friends home. And then the next you say, no, 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 don't bring them here. I don't want them at home because whenever they come, they are this, they are that. Wah, wah, wah. And you said all sorts of things and you did all, all sorts of things. Then you cause trouble. And the man said, look, we can't come to my home. Let's go somewhere else. And they go somewhere else. And while they go somewhere else, he finds another woman who is ready to serve him. Then before you know it, you say your husband is having an affair. So we need to be wise. If he says he's bringing his friends home, let him bring them home. The fact that he even called you before bringing them shows he respects you. 
Then what do you do? Go to your closet. Go and tell the Lord, my husband is bringing those ungodly friends home. Please, Lord, will you not save these souls in my home? And God knows how to work. And as he brings them in, you serve them. You do your best. Let them see Jesus through you. And you never can tell what the Lord can do. Just as the servant filled the water pot to the brim, don't let everything irritate you. No, let the love of Jesus flow in your heart to your husbands. There have been stories of such husbands who looked difficult. But as God helped the life of the wives, such husbands, they are working with God today. They are evangelists for the Lord. They are serving the Lord. They are sharing even their stories with other marriages. And God is transforming many, many other marriages through their stories. So what I'm saying is be a servant wife. You know, Philippians chapter 2 from verse 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Are you seeing? Don't be too interested only in your own life. Church life, this life, oh, Bible study, that, to the point that you neglect your husband's need. No, don't be too concerned about your holiness, that your holiness is not flowing out. It's just constrained within you. When your husband wants to come home with his friends, you push them aside. So don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. That is what the Christian life is. And verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who be in the form of God. Taught it not to robbery, to be equal with God. Are you saying? You are equal with your husband, isn't it? You are both made in his image. Maybe actually the house you live in, you both bring same amount of money. Say, so look, what is he doing in this house that I'm not doing? No. Jesus will not do that. Even though he was equal with God. Here the Bible says, verse 7, He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Jesus accepted the role of a servant. He did not think about his own affairs alone. He took interest in the Father's interest. He took interest in what the Father wanted to do. And therefore, he served the Father. He laid aside his mighty power and glory. He took in disguise the form of a slave. He was happy to be a slave, becoming ordinary man. And if you claim to be a Christian wife, that is the life Jesus wants to live in you. And verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Are you saying? So Jesus humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when it will cost him his life. Now, I'm not saying subject yourself to physical abuse, you know, emotional abuse to the point that you commit suicide and kill yourself. That is not what I'm talking about. Seek help where you need to seek help. Don't keep silent. If you are under any form of abuse, cry out. 
but cry out to the right people who will help to save your soul and if possible, save your husband's soul through the grace of God. So the point that I'm saying today is be a serving wife. You know, there's this song that I love from heaven you came, helpless babe. Entered our world, your glory veiled, not to be served, but to serve and give your life that we might live. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. That is what God is demanding from you. Just as Graham Kendrick has said in this song, he is seeking that you bring your life as a daily offering to be a servant to your husband where Christ can say to you, fill the jar and you fill it to the brim. And I'm praying that God will help you, give you all you need to keep the wine fresh in your home, to keep hope alive in your marriage. And as you do so, may the God who pay you back beyond your reasoning, beyond your imagination, may your marriage be an epitome even of the relationship between Christ and his church and between Christ and God. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we started a new series called Keeping the Wine Fresh in Your Marriage. Our topic for today is drawing out. Today, we see how Jesus tells the servants to draw out the wine. Well, it was water at that point. So draw out of the water, put it in the cup, and then take it to the master of ceremony. As I've already said, it was still water. And so the servants must have been thinking, oh my, this is water, what are we supposed to do? We can't go and give the master of ceremony water. But they still obeyed Jesus. They drew out that water, they put it in the cup, and they handed it to the master of ceremonies. And as he drank it, he said, this is the best wine. And he said that most people, when they have weddings, give the best wine first and then the worst wine later on. But this bridegroom had done differently. He had given the worst wine first and the best wine later on. Sister, you may think that as you go on in marriage, listening to the lies that the world says that marriage just gets worse as time goes on, that marriages don't last, that they're not as meaningful as they were. But sister, I pray that your marriage will mature like a fine wine. Your marriage will grow better. Your marriage will grow stronger. And the only way you can do this is if you draw out. If you draw out of your husband his good qualities. If you speak well of him. If you lift him up. If you encourage him. If you're always there for him. Sister, you can only get the good wine when you do all that hard graft of drawing out. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further subject we are so grateful to the lord for bringing us to the end 
of this series, isn't it? And I hope it has been a blessing to you and you share with your friends. You've invited a few married women to do this with you. Actually, before I round up this series, I want to bring to your attention a resource that I believe will be of a great usefulness to you. And it is a Bible study for wives. It's tagged and trusted with your marriage. If you go on Oak of Righteousness website, you should be able to find it there. It's a video study. There is a short video of each session. It's a six-week study. So that means six sessions. So you, there are six videos. And then you have the Bible study booklet, which you can download freely on Oak of Righteousness. And the YouTube link to watch the videos are also on the website. I believe if you go on the resource corner, you should look for Bible study booklet. I think you should find it. And I'm sure even on the front page, if you check, if you click on what's new, it should take you to this particular Bible study. You can study it yourself if you don't find married friends who are willing to study together. And if you've got two, three friends, you can tell them or even a friend, oh, I want to study this. Would you study with me? So just tell them, send them the link to the video, ask them to watch session one and you watch session one and just have a little talk over what you've learned. You can do this over the phone. You can do this on Zoom. You can do this online, whichever way. And if the law in your country permits you to meet, you can come together and do this. Watch the video together. The videos are maybe less than 10, 15 minutes and then delve into the Bible study. I'm telling you, it will enrich your life. And if you don't have anyone to do that with, do it yourself. I've done many Bible study by myself. Bible study on parenting, on marriage, just by myself in my room. Sit in my study room and, you know, study whichever day, how long it will take me. Some, I finish them very quickly because they are so deep that I'm longing to get to the end of it. And before you know it, I finish studying and they enrich my life. So do so. You know, invest in your marriage. When you invest into your life, you are investing into your marriage. So entrusted with your marriage Bible study on oakofrighteousness.co.uk or the youngwifeyoungmother.focusgroups.org.uk as the link to the booklet and to the video so to wrap up this series keeping the wine fresh in your marriage i want us to close by looking at drawing out the need to draw out if you have missed all we've discussed from day one till yesterday please go back to our website you will find it on our women in revival podcast podcast by series and on our home page, I'm sure it is there. And if you need to contact us, everything you need is on the website. So let us go and look at drawing out. John chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. We have seen Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the wedding in Cana in Galilee. And how she noticed, she observed that the wine at the wedding was gone. And she brought what she saw to Jesus' attention. And she did not give up, even when Jesus said no. She told the servant, whatsoever Jesus said to you, 
do it. And eventually, Jesus called the servant to fill the water to the water brim. And now, let's see what happens. John 2, verse 8 to 11, and it says, And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. You see, Jesus speaking to those servants, draw out now and take it to the men in charge of the feast. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Amen. Jesus want to manifest his glory through your marriage, through my marriage. I pray you give him space. So we see that the moment these servants who fill the traditional water pot with water, what happened? The water turned to wine. And it, as they drew out of the water pot, what people were drinking was no more water, but it was wine. To the point that even those who tasted the previous wine were saying, mm, this is too good, better than what you offered us before. And I don't know where your marriage is. Maybe yours is at the stage of packing up. Maybe you've actually applied for divorce. Maybe you've separated. I believe there is hope. I believe God is able to turn the water into wine and draw out so that many can see what the Lord can do, even in a life yielded to him. Just as those servants dipped their hands into the water jar and drew water out for the guest, so also you, as the wife in your marriage, just as we saw last time, that be the servant wife. So serve now by drawing out. So what must you draw out? That that looks ordinary. You know, the water in that water pot looks ordinary, isn't it? until it was drawn out. So draw out your husband's strength. Draw out your husband's greatness. Draw out the positive aspect of your husband. Don't keep talking about the negative aspect of him. No, don't keep focusing on his weaknesses. Draw out the strength, the positive that is in him. Speak well of him to friends and loved ones. Don't always go to your mom and be telling her the many bad things about your husband. When you do that, you are not helping. You are not helping yourself, to be honest. To draw out even things in him that he couldn't say. Remind him of the days of your courtship. What he used to do, what you love about him. Let him know his impact, his role in your life. Tell him. It is okay for you to tell him. You are not putting yourself down. No, 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 no. He is your husband. You are his. He is yours. Regardless of what the state of your marriage is now. Speak positive. Speak the scriptures. 
Send him scriptures. Pray for him. Send him prayers, even on his WhatsApp, on his text messages. You know, send him lovely things. I don't know how to say this further. But what I'm saying is, let there be a drawing out. Maybe your husband has been laid off work and he's been seeking, seeking, all his effort is not bringing forth. And a man can be frustrated over such situation. So you as a wife, draw out his strength. Let him see that. Don't worry. The fact that this door is not opening does not mean you are not capable. God is saving the best for you. So, rather for him to be frustrated at home, you boost him. Boost his ego, if that is what he wants. Speak positively to him. Don't be the type of wife that nag and nag and nag and tell him when last he ever brought money into the family account and this and that. No, that is not a character of a Christian wife. So, I'm praying that you will be able to draw out even good things, that which is positive about your husband, even as you relate with him. The book of Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Are you seeing? That's where I'm going. Be smart. Be a woman of understanding that can draw out that which looks dormant in your husband's life. And as you do that, may your effort be mixed with the strength of the Holy Spirit. And God, who is at work in Christian homes, may he work in your own home, in your own marriage. And as you redeem your marriage and freshen even your marriage wine so that you can live to tell the story to other surviving marriages. Amen. I mean.